Hi everyone, I'm Henna. And I'm Julia. And you're listening to Failing Point Podcast. I felt I've sacrificed a lot. I sacrificed a lot of relationships uh, for my for my business. Whether they were necessary or not, I, I, I've done that. I've done some mistakes in that as well. I sacrificed my own health. Um, I sacrificed time with my friends, time with my family. Uh, people might go out on the weekend at, at some point and I'm staying home and working, you know, so everyone needs to do the sacrifice they're ready for and uh, like I said, this part is not for everyone. Definitely not for everyone. Failing Point is a podcast about entrepreneurship, about seeing challenges as opportunities and failures as steps to success. With a lineup of inspiring entrepreneurs sharing the hardships of their journeys and the lessons they've learned, we are ready to challenge the status quo of Finnish business culture. We all have a story to tell. Now it's time for Brave Talk. Hello, hello everyone. This is Henna from Failing Point. Our today's podcast features Finland's leading lifestyle expert who has had an incredible journey as an entrepreneur. He is a very experienced business person and a public speaker who continues to inspire thousands of people to transform their lives. So listen in as we take a dive into the business and life of Mr. Tomi Kokko. Yeah. In English, is it like Finland's leading lifestyle e- expert or? I don't know. I don't think any, anyone has translated it before, so <laughs> like that. Or wellness expert or yeah. something like that. So. Yeah. Um, how, how did you find your calling to do that? Um, I think initially it started with my own sort of health issues. Look, I have I had a lot of health health issues when I was training judo when I was younger, and then. Uh, when I got myself together with nutrition and lifestyle, and I find out that all right, this is the key. You know, like if people want to do big things in life, they need to, to look after themselves first. And that's where it started. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, what do you think of failures in general? Failures. Mm. Uh, they are the most important thing for everyone. You know, they are the things that actually matter. They are the things when you where you learn. And so many people are scared to fail. But I was, I was thinking either win or I learn. You mm. know, so you can't fail. And like, if I hadn't failed so many times as entrepreneur, as a person, as a friend, as anything, like I wouldn't be this person I'm today. Mm. And all those difficulties, they are, the, they are the moments that actually define you. They are the moments where you need to find the solutions, and then you will find out what what you are, who you are. Mm-hmm. Today it's so easy to be comfortable, and um, but you don't grow, you know. So I always, I always, I kind of like want to go towards failures quite often. And really? Yeah. And when it happens, it hurts. But then you kind of realize, all right, this is the moment now that I've been tested. Can you tell us something about some specific failure that you have had? Yeah, there's so many. Um, well, I can tell my latest one. You know, I was telling before we started. Like last year was one of the toughest year for me in my life. I toured every city of Finland. There was 107 cities that I oh my God. toured and I spoke at every city for free just to help people. And uh, I drove over 25,000 uh, kilometers with my car. And I was just like, and at the same time, I set up a wellness center here in Helsinki and it was a tough year. And uh, now the failure wasn't so much in external world like before when I failed a business or something. Now the failure was in internal world. So I didn't look after myself. I didn't even, um, I sort of forgot myself, you know. This is my mission. I'm going to go towards that at all costs. But then if when I went for all costs, it meant that my whole health and well-being and my mental health started to go in the wrong direction. So it was a so it was a massive learning curve and now I'm recovering and I'm sort of setting up myself up again and I'm building myself and my identity again. Who am I? What I'm going to do? And everything has been start over, starting over now and it's a wonderful feeling. Painful, but it's wonderful. Yeah, I think that is very common. 
dilemma for entrepreneurs, how to handle all the pressure and take care of themselves mm. at the same time. It is. And you know, like at the, initially when you, you want to start something, you want to go far and you want to achieve big things, you kind of want to, you need to work extremely hard mm. and you kind of want to go, you know, like bleed from your eyes until you get there, you know, and I, I believe that. But at the same time, at some point, uh, you will you will hit that wall, you know, you will start f- realizing that if I, if I don't look after myself, I don't feel good internally and if i'm not happy and I'm, i don't find the passion i don't i can't help anyone if i'm not well so there's always a balancing act and i, I sort of look at it in the faces you know it's, it's fine to go through a phase that you work extremely hard and you know sleep enough and you just put everything on hold for your business or for your calling or whatever it is but then that phase can't last forever mm-hmm But that's that actually sounds like you have amazing story to tell as a lifestyle expert. Yeah. Like you Your have been experiences. Going, yeah, mm. yeah. You have gone through so much. Yeah, and it, it helps, you know. When I speak to, with my clients and I speak on stage, it's easier to relate to people and people relate to us well. Like I, I have the same issues, I have the same problems that everyone else, you know, I have fears. I feel I'm not enough. I got all these same things that everyone has. And sometimes people look at me, for example, it's like, oh, it's easier for you to say, you know, oh, this guy's all sorted. Oh, bullshit, I got nothing sorted, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've, I feel completely lost so many times. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah, it helps. Uh, can you tell us where it all began? Like, how did you become an entrepreneur? Yeah, so I lived in Australia. I moved there when I was 21. And... Um, Uh, I started personal training and and I started my own business there, uh, which I don't consider yet to be entrepreneur. I was just training people and like a one-man shop. But then I started realizing that I became quite um, sought-after trainer. So I was my schedule was full and then it really became my passion. So I was thinking, right, how can I scale my time? How can I scale my passion? How can I help more people? And then I realized that my time, I can't just sell my time. Even if I charge 200 bucks an hour, it doesn't. It's not enough because I can just help 30 people a week. So then I started looking at other options, and um, um, online game was really just. I got really excited about that. So I thought, what if I do a program? It's a fraction of a cost of work. Consider working with me, and you get all the information, everything through videos. So that's where I started. But then I sort of step back from that like i live in australia i started university and it was twenty thousand dollars a year or something like that and i didn't have the money obviously so then i was thinking well i need to either sell drugs or or become entrepreneur mm-hmm. to, to pay my school right yeah so that's why i i realized that i need to make this financially viable as well in order for me to stay in the country and pay my school and everything so that's that's where i started and then um, i started the first online business and that was 2000 2011 and now if you want to start like a membership website or you want to start online business very easy because you can get the software you can get the platforms and you pay 100 bucks a month and off you go but even back then uh it sounds like i'm very old now but you know back then it was it's harder you know you had to code everything from the strats so it was like fifty thousand dollars the first business that uh, i put in and i didn't have that money either so yeah And it didn't go. It didn't go well. I lost everything, and uh, it was a great learning curve once again, but painful, but very, very necessary learning. Yeah. So you started in Australia. Yes. Mm. Yes. Uh, at the point you, as you said, that you lost everything, did you come back to Finland or? No, I stayed there. Um, like I lost all my money and everything, and I was sleeping on my friends' uh, couch again, and it's fine. Then I started training people again, and. Started putting myself together and thinking, what's the next steps? And started the next business, and I fell again. And started the next business, and the fourth one started going pretty okay. there. What were the reasons why the, your businesses failed? Well, then? yeah, the first one was the classical mistake that I see people doing these days as well. Is that like if you start a business first, you want to build a fancy website, you get the business cards, you get the office, and you get the employees, and you got this, 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 and your expenses are off the roof, and you haven't made not a single sale yet. You haven't even tested the concept whether it's viable, you know. So I didn't test the concept. I was I had this that vision in my head that if I build this beautiful 
like platform, people will come and they will pay me money to use it. And then um, the first, like I said, the website it was around fifty thousand dollars, and um, uh, it was meant to be like a four month project, but it took a year and a half to get it up and running. So there was one learning there. Um, and then once we get it up and running, then I, then I realized that now it's not ready. It's just you know the first step is ready. Now we need to develop, and yeah. I completely lo- like run out of money. I had nothing nothing left. So there were so many mistakes, like didn't test the concept. I just thought that if I build something that's good for me, people will like it, which is rubbish because you need to test the market. You need to know your customer, who, who they are, mm-hmm. and you need to speak to them, how you can serve the customers and how you can build something that they will be happy to pay. Mm-hmm. And that's what something I didn't do. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. One thing I would like to know is how do you do it now? How, how can you find the customers? Yeah. So this fourth business, which was the online leaning five weeks challenge that I started in Finland a few years ago. So now I did completely opposite. Like at the first business, I first built everything. And then I started thinking, oh, how can I sell this? How can I market it? Now I started marketing and selling before I built the actual website. Mm-hmm. So I just built a landing page and I told people, this is what it's going to be like. It's going to be program. It's going to be nutrition. It's going to be... Uh, exercise this 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 is what you will get mm. for this money and I tested it I bought the website live that they can pay so I first got 30 customers to pay me before I even build the actual product really? yeah. so that's the biggest yeah. biggest thing if you can't sell it you know you have nothing right mm. so I just built and I sold them the vision and this is not um this is not I'm not um, cheating anyone I'm sold, selling them the vision this is what it's going to be like and once I get the proof that there's people I got 30 people pay me 100 bucks which is 3,000 euros and then I use that 3,000 euros to actually do the product yeah. and deliver what they paid for yeah. so that was the biggest mis- like biggest thing you, you, I went from the completely up, up other side of the spectrum to this one mm-hmm. you know what can I sell what can I give to these people that adds value to their lives and what Are they happy to pay? And that's when when I found that, then I start developing. And then first first challenge, we got 30 people, then we got 80 people, then we got 100 people, then we got 300 people, and then it just started growing. Mm. So you actually use something from the past to make it better for you. Yeah, I, I learned that this mm. th- that you shouldn't do this way. Mm. So then yeah. <laughs> I learned it like a hard way, and yeah. then um, I did in this one. I did everything completely opposite. Mm. That's nice. Yeah. Did, did the customers come from? Um, Australia or over there? No, from for this from, one from Finland because okay. I translated everything back to Finnish because I knew that if I want to work with the Finnish market, you need to speak the native language, and I wanted to do that, and I started doing everything in Finnish. Nice. Uh, you have somewhere said that you was burned out. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Did you have burnout? Yeah. 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 So. I'm dealing with some of these things now, but the previous one, which was the worst one, was um, probably six, seven years, seven years ago. And uh, it was a tough call as well. I think it was the second or third business that I just failed. And I, at that point, I've been working like four or five years, my guts out, like mm-hmm. I've been working so hard. And then on top of that, you kind of, the mental side of things, you haven't got the results. You completely broke again and just... I get. I guess it's broke me. Yeah, you know. I always I'm a positive guy, and I find the opportunity, and I find the positive thoughts and everything. But at this point, you know, like I was in a point of giving up because I had nothing left, and it was just a rough ride. And there was some things that happened with the business that um with previous like um business partners that we were keeping in a conflict as well. Yeah. And um, on top of that, my lifestyle has become or had become uh, in a very not suitable way or sustainable way. Like I was training still my ass off. I was training every day. I wasn't sleeping five hours a night. Um, I had no balance in my life. You know, it was just go. It was just work and it was just learning and it was just full steam ahead. Um, and then one day I found out that I, I can't do this and I couldn't get off my bed anymore. And it took me probably six months to get To recover, I had a really good doctor then, and I got really good uh, therapist and everything to really just put myself back together. But that was again, it was one of the most important things that happened to me 
because like on that point I really learned uh, learned the really valuable lessons that like like I said before like you need to look after yourself you, mm-hmm. the business is very important you need to work your ass off but at the same time it can't come with the, the cost of your health because once you lose that you got nothing did you have any other entrepreneurs back then to support you in in, in Melbourne mm-hmm. yeah I had a lot and that sort of drove me a lot because I was um, surrounding myself with like-minded people and uh, I was taking a um, couple of these entrepreneur courses that there was 300 entrepreneurs all around Australia and we all had the same goal you know we wanted to make something work and something big and we want to support each other and that network was absolutely amazing I was part of it for two years I got amazing mentors through that and through my clients through other people as well and um, that's one of the key lessons that I learned that you can't be by yourself you need to surround yourself with like-minded people and you need mm-hmm. to remember that you are the average of five people that you you know hang around with so yeah. just check your surroundings and check mm-hmm. your phone that who did you text last time who the last five people you surround yourself with and mentorship is really important I had such great mentors and even back then when I lost everything during those moments or burnout I had those mentors who's gone through it the same things so it was mm-hmm. Without them, I wouldn't be able to survive that situation because they said, you know, this is great. You're going through this exactly the thing you need to go through right now. And they could support you because they've gone that path mm-hmm. themselves. At what point did you come back to Finland? Four and a half years ago. So 2014, after almost eight years in, in Australia. Mm. Did you start to do some business immediately when you came back or did you already have the same business going on until you... Well, it was an interesting time because when I got back, um, the previous business in Australia, I kind of like, uh, it didn't fail, but I kind of like shut it off um, when I left here. And um, when I got he- back here, I didn't have much money on me. So I was thinking, right, I need to start doing something. So I gave myself a month or two, right, to see what's going on and what I'm going to do. And then I found out very quickly that when I got here, that the situation is exactly the same that seven, eight years ago. The nutrition is exactly the same. None of one has no one has done anything about it. No one has started a conversation about this rubbish that they feed people here mm-hmm. and like everyone, right? So I, I, I noticed straight away, this is my calling now. I need mm-hmm. to do something for this. So then I started talking very loudly about some of the government um, recommendations, for example, the milk products and the wheat and just like things that are, everyone needs to drink half a liter of milk every day and you need to eat six to nine servings of wheat every day or grains mm-hmm. whatever and this is like I, I found very it was very easy for me because th- what I've done in Australia is like I work with people I work with doctors and I, we work with nutrition that actually works and increase people's health and then when I come here and I see people it's not doing well and then this is the things that people like the government and everyone is telling you to eat so then it was very easy for me to step in and bring all the experience and the passion that I got from Australia and just go full on, but, full on. But you actually got uh, quite negative feedback as well. Yeah, a lot of it. And a lot. I saw you on TV back yeah. then. And you did the debates experiment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of debates. You know, the the professors and those, they weren't too happy about it, yes. you know, and, and that's great. You know, we need to start the conversation and it didn't affect me negatively. I knew that, and it kind of in a way as well, that if you want to, st- do something big and if you want to go somewhere you need to be prepared to um, start some battles as well mm. you can't just, you can't get anywhere without getting someone a little bit pissed off mm. or jealous it's just a fact mm. and if you're trying to do that you're going to be in a really rough ride because the far the further you go the more you will get people that want to take you down and people who would disagree with you and people want to have a conflict with you and people say you're not rub- you're rubbish and everything so it's great it's really good do you think that it was partly because people are afraid of change absolutely yes people hate change mm. especially in, in a macro level in a government like sector level the change is such a big thing like they don't want to change and people don't want to change and especially nutrition is a funny thing like people see it as a religion which sometimes mm-hmm. gets me quite amused because for me it's something I've been working with for 10 years and it's like it's my work and I love it but it's not my like I don't take it 
that serious, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then initially it was so funny four years ago. Now there's been a massive shift like collective in Finland, for example, with thought patterns and everything. When we talk about these topics, like that's been very sensitive, like even a few years ago, if you talk about milk and some say to someone like, like, oh, maybe you shouldn't drink that much milk, they take it offensively. And they're mm-hmm. like, what? Yeah. What are you telling me? I can't drink milk. I can't yeah. eat bread. That's bullshit, you know? Yeah. They take it very seriously. So it's, it's a, it's a balancing act of, you know, um, giving people direct, uh, things to do. But at the same time, I'm, I need to be able to communicate in a way that I don't offend them too much, you know? Mm. And I don't know if I'll succeed, but it's mm. a work in progress. What kind of feedback do you get now? Like, has it changed? It's changed a lot because now people, everyone knows my opinions. Everyone knows where I'm standing for. Mm. So if someone comes to listen to me speak, they know what I'm going to kind of say. Mm. Whereas, whereas back then, if I go to speak, people was like, who is this guy? What is he going to say? What? Mm. He's saying that? Why? Whereas now, like my sort of the thesis and the things that I've been pushing for the last four or five years, they are quite well known. So it's easier for me now because people know what I'm stand for and people often, they either hate me or they like me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to be in a gray area that people mm-hmm. think, oh, it's, he's okay. Or yeah, it's okay. No, I want people to say he's absolutely rubbish. I hate this guy. I want to say, I love this guy. He's great. Yeah. I, I think most of us wants to be in that gray area though. So what mm. would you say to them? Yes. Well, that's a really good question. Um, it just depends because you don't have to go to the black and white sector. Like it just depends what you want to achieve and what's the calling and what's your business or the purpose is. Does it need you to be outspoken? Does it need you to have a lot of you know, enemies is a strong word, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and if it does and you know that I need to go towards that direction that it's going to be either hate or love, then you just need to prepare yourself because that's always going to hit you when people starting to turn against you and it's initially it is very hard i think for everyone it's initially it's very hard no matter what they say it hurts initially mm-hmm. but then if you prepare yourself and you know this is the part of my calling this is the part of my path that i chosen and part of it for me is now to be able to grow my skin to be a bit thicker and be able to be in this discomfort where not everyone is going to like me mm. and that's and then do a sort of some some sort of um not a shield but a filter in a way that no matter what people say it, you can't let it affect you mm-hmm. personally mm-hmm. that probably don't grow in a night you have to like no it comes after time mm-hmm. and at some point you you just become more resilient mm-hmm. but it's like anything like if you, when i started winter swimming first i go for, i go for three seconds someone screaming this is too cold i can't do it but then if you put yourself to that discomfort more often, more often, at some point you start enjoying it. It's like, wow, that's, you know, that's amazing. I'll be there three minutes and I'm laughing. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing. When you first get negative feedback and people are turning against you first, it's like that winter swimming. You be there three seconds and you freak out. Then you be there for 30 seconds, then you be for two minutes and you start become more resilient. And like the topic today is entrepreneurship. Like you need to be resilient. Mm. You need to be resilient. And the only only way you to become more resilient is to just to do it and be in the discomfort there's there's no magic bullet there's nothing i can say that will get you there quicker mm. you just need to go through the path um when you started to build your business in finland what were the most challenging things here um well it's both challenge and advantage of being in a small country like finland because where i used to be i was in australia and even melbourne has more people the one city has more people than the whole country here so big city different challenges there's so much competition there's so many trainers there's so many online businesses there's so many boot camps so it was always a it was always a battle just to get your clients Whereas when you got, when I got to Finland, I realized that there's no competition. And I was like, what's going on? Like, there's no competition. No one is marketing themselves. No one is branding themselves. No one is doing videos like I, I would do. No one is doing podcasts. No one's outspoken. I was like, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> yes. I'll do it. I create competition and it's great. You know, like since then, a lot of people are copying what we're doing. And I think it's, um, it's, um, compliment, you know, that you're doing something right. Absolutely. But then at the same time, the challenge in a small country is, then like it's easy to get out there if you do it 
just the basic things properly like we've done. Um, but then the challenge comes that there's not, not enough people, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then if you want to scale your business and you want to affect more people and you have a bigger impact, then at some point you're going to start to reach the capacity that you need to start thinking, all right, what can I do? And that's the biggest challenge for now these days is the amount of people. And the purchasing power. Yeah, the purchasing power. And for example, like if you have one example, like Facebook ads, for example, I might have a budget of whatever. If I have a budget of 20,000 euros to do a Facebook ads, I might do that. But then because there's not enough people in the target audience that we want to affect, I'm only able to use 8,000 euros. And when I'm able to use less than half of my budget, then I won't get the impact. I won't get the people. We won't get the sales. And then the equation doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So that's that. those are the, the challenges in, in a smaller country. What would you change in business culture here in Finland? Yeah, there's, there are many things. Um, if you compare it, the business entrepreneur culture, for example, to Australia, where I was in the, in the States, where I have connections with as well, it's a completely different world. The culture and the society and everything, it supports entrepreneurship. And that's something we don't have in Finland. We simply don't have it. No, one, no matter what they say, I've heard something we're going to support young entrepreneurs. It's rubbish. Mm. There's nothing happened. It's absolutely like literally nothing has happened that supports young entrepreneurs in their journey. There's nothing. Like when you look at the taxation, like for entrepreneurs and businesses, it's stupid. Mm. It's absolutely like stupid here in Finland. Like you get taxed everything. Mm. There's no like, and we don't understand it in a larger scale that for example, like now, if I like, or if you, whatever, you make 100,000 euros, instead of that, you, you, instead of paying probably at the end of the day, like you pay 60 or 60% probably of that to get 40% left, for mm. example. But we don't understand that if we had that money, if we have more of that 100,000 like euros, you have more profit, then we could employ people. Mm. We could uh, search other opportunities. We could uh, invest back in the whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where it comes like, that's the, that's the biggest challenges are that. Like we need to, like for example, when in, in, in Melbourne, when I started my first business, I remember it was the first companies in Australia, first year you don't pay tax. Yes. No, oh, perfect. Mm-hmm. How's that? First year they said like, all right, you don't need to pay tax for the first year. We want to help you to get, get grounded and mm-hmm. get started. Even for me, when I wasn't in, I wasn't from Australia, right? So that was great. I got every money, every every cent that I earned for my first year, I was able to invest in my second year Bro. to do other things. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if we get that structure right here in Finland, then people would see that as an opportunity. People will see it, all right, maybe I could give it a go mm-hmm. because I'm not going to risk everything I have because I got this support. That's one of the things we definitely need. Like, there needs to be massive changes so people have the courage to become an entrepreneur and do things. Mm-hmm. Second thing what we need to do is we need to start um, having the conversations very early um, in school that entrepreneurship is an option. Because when I was, for example, in high school here, not a single time, I remember not a single conversation being around that if you want to start your own company, oh, you got a passion, oh, great. What do you want to do with the passion? Maybe you can mm-hmm. earn income with your passion instead of going for work somewhere. There was not a single conversation about that. And hadn't I gone, hadn't I gone to Australia and, and gone through what I've gone through, I wouldn't be in this point. I wouldn't be an entrepreneur because I wouldn't just go listen to the people at school and say, because they just ask which school do you want to go? You want to go to that school? Do you want to become a, a doctor? Or you want to become a lawyer? You want to become an electrician? What, what do you want to do? What do you want to become? And I was like, I don't want to become anything, any of those options, none of them options. I'm going to travel and see what I'm going to do. So we need to start the conversation earlier here and, and bring other young entrepreneurs. And that's what we're doing. We bring other young entrepreneurs that go on that path and then can inspire the young people. Hey, if you got a fire in your belly and you got a passion, you want to earn living with that, you can, mm-hmm. you can do it. Do you think that in Finland, we don't appreciate entrepreneurs enough? Uh, yes, I think that mm-hmm. um, entrepreneurs are seeing like, well, if you, Think about even the Finnish word, yrittäjä. It sounds like a curse word, you know. Mm-hmm. Yrittäjä means like I'm trying something. <laughs> whereas <laughs> whereas mm-hmm. entrepreneur is so like a 
in, in the States or abroad, entrepreneur is the sexy word. It's mm-hmm. like being like a pop star. I'm an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like there's a certain feel and a certain energy to it. Whereas in Finland, it's still seen that if you are entrepreneur, it's kind of like, oh, you got a little shop in a corner and people mm-hmm. come and buy coffee from you. Like it's, it's, people don't know what it is. People, people associate entrepreneurship in Finland about like it's been a profession way it's not it's not a profession it's lifestyle it's about those values that you want to um you want to do something that's important for you you want to follow your passion you want to bring your life to the extent that you always dreamt of you want to live lead the life that you always had a dream that i want to bring something together i want to live this sort of life and that's entrepreneurship and that's what we need to sort of bring to Finland is that inspiration and that passion and, and live the life like you want. And in Finland, it's kind of, it still goes to a way you go to this school, this school, this school, mm. and that's it. And then we need to break that pattern. Mm. And then what we, need to, what we need to do as well is, um, and that's something that we need to do. That's not, anyone can do this with us. We need to bring people together. So we need to build this sort of societies or sort of mini culture of entrepreneurship where you're not alone because today I speak to a lot of young entrepreneurs and they feel they, they by themselves. There are no support network. There are no mm-hmm. actual courses. There are no mentoring programs that they could attend to really learn from the people that's gone that path, not from the books because you can't mm-hmm. learn this stuff from books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we are up for that. Yes. Like just say when. We yeah. And I, absolutely. I'm going to do it. Like one of my passions is now, Obviously, health and nutrition and these sort of things is still important for me. But the next thing would definitely be that I want to start helping under, uh, young entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to start coaching them. I want to start mentoring. I want to start building programs. I want to start speaking about these things because we need more entrepreneurs. Because if we get more young entrepreneurs and they're doing what they love and they're passionate, everyone, everyone will win. Everyone will win. Entrepreneurship is the heart, is the backbone of the you know the great culture because that's why. That's how we get great products and services in the market that people can use. Mm-hmm. Um, you have, you also, you have like very big visions. I, I think in your website it reads that you want to help one million people in mm-hmm. Finland, and I, I think we don't tend to have that kind of big goals in Finland or in in Finnish culture. Uh, how important do you think that big goals are? They are absolutely like crucial because if you don't have a big goal, if you ha- if you don't have a big vision, then when this daily work becomes hard, which it does, <laughs> you know, every week it becomes hard. If you don't have that sort of north star, like, this is the direction where I'm going to, you're gonna be bombarded. You're gonna you might lose the faith for yourself because you just find that yourself you're doing this grinding, grinding, grinding. Where this can lead. Whereas I I really encourage people to think about what is the the end vision doesn't mean that that's the end, that's the goal, that's the treasure and the, and the end of the rainbow. It doesn't mean that. It just need, means something that you've got something to strive for. And the direction will change so many times along the way. But if you don't have any sort of big goals or big visions, it's very, it's really hard to sort of navigate yourself through the jungle. And then you find that you're just going like back and forth and you, you're chasing your own tail. So that's why like I have, uh, I have a vision to help and impact a million people, not only in Finland, but like globally as well. And then um, that's something that really strives me forward. It's really important for me. Yeah. And I also think that if you have the vision and you fail, you still can see the vision mm. and you can go through the failing. Uh, but if you don't have the vision, it's very hard to move forward from that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And, um, yeah, that's very true. Like every time I fell and I started over, then I still, even it wasn't so concrete, I want to help million people, but it, it was something along those lines. I want a big impact. And I want to help people. So even if I fail the business, it doesn't change anything. It's like, right, cool. That didn't work. Mm-hmm. What's next? What's the next? The business is just a vehicle for you to achieve your vision, right? And then you need to choose the right vehicle. And in order to choose the right vehicle, you need to know the direction where you're going. And then if you have a clear vision and you got a good vehicle and then you bring your team like and you got employees like I have now, then it's easier for you to communicate that vision to your employees and to your team and take them to the journey with you. This is the vision, this is the direction we're going. Are you in or are you not? You know, let's do this. 
What kind of sacrifices have you made? Oh, <laughs> I, f I, I feel I've, this is honestly, I feel I've sacrificed almost everything for my vision, really? for my business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it hasn't come in a bad place that I've like, I must sacrifice everything. You, you, you just, it's been so important for me. And the vision has been the fire in my life so f for so long. And this is what I, what I do is the lifestyle that I always dreamt of. I always dreamt of being my own boss and building a business that employs people and we're helping people and I can be mobile and I can go anywhere I want in the world. Like that's always been my dream and now I'm kind of living it. So I need to pinch myself a lot. And, but like we're in a position now that, um, we can scale and we can help more people, but we're still not in a happy zone, you know, like it's, it's still a struggle. Like I said, like financially, it's very hard sometimes. We get really bad moments financially in our business as well. And, um, it's always, you need to find new opportunities all the time. And I felt I've sacrificed a lot. I sacrificed a lot of relationships, uh, for my, for my business, whether they were necessary or not. I, I, I've done that. I've done some mistakes in that as well. I sacrifice my own health. Um, um, I sacrifice time with my friends, time with my family. Uh, people might go out on the weekend at, at some point and I'm staying home and working, you know, so everyone needs to do the sacrifice they're ready for. And uh, like I said, this part is not for everyone. Definitely not for everyone. And um, everyone needs to sort of think about what's the risk tolerance. What is the risk that they happy with and what is too much? And don't go, if it's too much, don't take that sort of risk. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had any regrets like starting the business? Never, not, not a day in my life. Not a one moment I regret any of those mistakes because like I said, they've defined me. All those business mistakes and failures that I've done and lost like so much money, all my money so many times. They, are, they have been the biggest lessons of my life as an entrepreneur and uh, I don't regret any of that. Who inspires you to go forward? Well, today is probably, I want to always say that the inspiration and the motivation has to come within. And that's what I've learned over the last few years. Whereas before I was always sort of looking at other people who can inspire me and who can motivate me. And if I go to this course, or if I speak to this one, or this mentor can inspire me more. But then I realized that's sort of like, um, it's not an stable ground. So you need to like, I'm inspiring me the most at the moment. Mm. So it's a good position to be in. Like I'm motivating me, I'm inspiring myself. Um, but then at the same time, like I said, you need people's around you and there are so many mentors that I have around the world that I'd look at them and I was like wow like things that they got these guys achieved and the impact they have achieved I want to be able to one day achieve that as well so there's a lot of mentors that I work with that inspires me a lot. How did you find the mentors? The first mentors I got through my clients so there was a couple of clients one guy for example he built like um shopping malls and skyscrapers in, in Melbourne. And we became really good friends and I lived with him for a year and a half. And that was one of the big, big best things ever happened to me. Because if you live with someone who's a really successful entrepreneur and you live, it's not always the, the discussion you have on the table, you ask questions about marketing, branding. It's more like the subtle things. If you live with someone like that and you see how they talk and you see how they behave and see how they carry themselves and see how they make the phone calls. It's those small things that I started paying attention to. And then, then after that, I got the first few mentors sort of like organically. And then I started thinking, what do I need now? What do I need to learn and who can help me? Who is the best in this particular aspect of life that I need to learn from? And then I started seeking those people and I started contacting them and I started sending the letters and started doing, started doing anything I can to get in touch with those people. And then I started finding that a lot of people, they responded really well and I was able to start a relationship with them and uh, build that sort of mentoring network. And that was, it's priceless. It's so important. It's so valuable. We don't have any and we would really like to have yeah. one. <laughs> and you should. And yeah. that's a good conversation. I, I wrote a blog about it and I've spoken about it in my podcast as well. And I'm, I'm a firm believer that everyone needs mentors in their lives. Because mentors are people that has gone the path that you want to go and they know what it's like. That's mentor. Exactly. It's you, you can't learn that from podcast or from school or from anyone. But if you connect with some of them, 
they might be able to, what I found, some of those mentors in Australia or here, they might be able to help you in 10 minute conversation. In 10 minute conversation, they might be just be able to say the right things for you that otherwise it would take you for a year to find out. Those are the people and everyone needs to find them. And, and regardless if you're an entrepreneur or not, you need to find mentors. You might have a mentor, you might struggle with your weight and you, your mentor might be a person who's lost 30 or 40 kilos and he can be your mentor, he can be your support network. If you struggle with finances, you might find someone who can help you with that. If you struggle with relationships, you find someone who's really good, who, who has a really good relationship and you can start mentoring with them. And um, the, often people think like, all right, if I need a mentor, I mean, you need to go someone, uh, can you be my mentor? Like, well, it can work, but it's more like, um, what people don't realize that if someone has gone the rocky road that you you are on and they see you in the beginning of that road a lot of people want to help mm. a lot of people want to help so it's like we've discussed before like you just need to ask you know like hey i got this issue can i take you for lunch or can i take you for a drink or take 30 minutes of a time and a lot of people will say yes but in finland we tend to uh, not to be courageous enough to ask those questions sometimes. <laughs> yes, I totally agree. And agree. I'm talking about myself. <laughs> uh, your tools for success. My tools for success. Yes. Well, before we talk about tools for success, I think we need to define yeah. success. Yes, that's right. What is success for you? That I can help people with everything I do. Yeah, what about you? Uh, well, that one and also freedom to choose whether I'm working or not. Yeah. And maybe happiness, like a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. Really good things. And that's something always, everyone needs to define success. What is success for mm. them? For someone, success is a healthy, happy family. Mm. And that's it, you know? And your health, that's can be, that's a great success. And success is any everything else than financial success. Like financially, like, yeah, I want to be, financially abundant and free and I don't know how to think about money, but like it's never been my goal. It's never I never ever define success by by money. Mm. Because it's such an empty thing. And and some of those mentors like and some of the people I met in Australia, this one guy who sold his business, I think I think he made like 150, 160 mil. And um he was miserable. He was so miserable. Mm. And I was just looking at him was like what the hell is going on? Like, how could he be so miserable? He has everything he can, he got 30 cars and all these things and he was miserable as anything. And it kind of like tricked, uh, hit me as well. Like, all right, I saw an example that money doesn't buy you happiness and that's a cliche, but it's true. Money gives you a lot of opportunities and gives you the free freedom, but like it needs to be internal work. And for me, success is living the life that makes me happy, living the life that always dreamt of. Those are the things that like really drives me forward. And then on top of that, if I can live the life that I always wanted to live, and if this, that life also impacts thousands and hundreds of thousands of people to live their life to their dreams, what, what else do I need? You know, mm. that's beautiful. And then obviously I want to be happy. I want to have love in my life. I want to feel when I wake up, I have a purpose. I have a, smile on my face not every morning is a smile on my face but you know like those little things as well mm-hmm. that's success oh and the tools, tools for that yes um well once you define what the success looks like then you can start sort of sort of like working backwards that all right if success looks like this and i i often tell people that like when they're starting out um we've spoke about the big vision that's one thing but easier thing for everyone is to do is write down a perfect day it's if anything is possible and there's no issues with money or time, you can do anything in your life, what would be your perfect day? What it would look like? And once you write the perfect day and you see the perfect day, it's like, oh shit, that's amazing. And then you can start thinking about how far am I from that perfect day? And often, very often, we are very close because the perfect day is usually it's the small things. I wake up at mm. nine o'clock and I make my beautiful morning coffee. I read a inspiring book in the morning and then uh, say good morning to my wife or husband or something and, and then I do something that's purposeful for three hours like it becomes like a bit easier task then and then you can sort of find out look I'm very close so I, I always like 
try to stop as much as I can now to sort of think about these things that I just want, don't want to go in a grind mode. Like, what do I want to achieve? What's the perfect day for me? Who I want to surround myself with? What do I need more in my life? Internal work, a lot of meditation, a lot of breathing and sort of self-discovery mode is on again. And, uh, and I found the tools from there. But biggest tool for my success is silence. Really? Yeah, it's not grinding and uh, mm. doing 100 videos, it's silence. And what I, what I mean by that is like being by yourself and being present and writing down your thoughts and your fears and your ideas and visions and doing that on a daily basis and meditating and going to the nature, sitting in a sauna and going to the lakes. Like that is success for me. And that that are the tools that keeps me forward because if I'm not in tune with myself, what I want to what I want this life, then I can't, not, nothing external will affect it, you know? Mm. So it's internal work. Mm. I love that, mm. writing a perfect day. Mm. I, 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 I have, to, yeah, I have to try yes. that. Yeah, yeah. And then you can refine it. Like, for example, in the beginning of the year, what I always do, I do this sort of goal setting, but it's deeper than that. It's usually like four to six hours. And in that exercise, I write down four to six hours nonstop about my life in different categories and I just let it flow and every time I write that I should do it more than I do it once a year I should do it more often but anyway once a year I do it and I write it down and then when I started writing down then I always discovered wow I didn't realize this is so important for me or I discover like why am I doing this like this doesn't make me happy this doesn't have any impact this just gives me stress I'm gonna get rid of that and that's one thing as well is to write yourself a letter like I do that for four to six hours and I write myself a letter and then I open it up in a year's time and I read and I every time I'm amazed what, how far I've come and uh, I'm amazed. Like I always think, oh, who is this person that wrote this year ago? Because it's a good sign you're going forward. Yeah. Nice. What about your greetings to Finnish entrepreneurs listening? Uh, well, I take my hat off from for every one of you because I know the path, it's difficult. It's, uh, we are the 1% here in Finland, if not even, you know, like entrepreneurship is something that is not for everyone and it requires a lot of courage, it requires passion, requires hard work and requires the sacrifice and requires the long hours and, you know, requires little sleep sometime. Like it's tough. And I'm very, um, first of all, I'm very grateful if you get any passion or any ideas or thoughts out of this. Uh, what I've been speaking speaking about today and then um, just believing yourself you know just keep working and just remember that it will be hard and remember that every time you find yourself in a sort of ditch that there's no solution then there's always solution and also remember that what I found in my life that if you put yourself out there and you go hard and you true to yourself, the universe will come and help you. That happens every single time, every single time. But if you don't do that and you are scared and you're in a comfort zone and you want to be entrepreneur, but you not, you know that you're not really putting yourself out there. The universe is looking at like, oh, this guy or this girl is not even trying, pointless to help her. So you will get help. And like Steve Jobs said in a speech, um, you can only connect the dots backwards and all those challenges you will find that there are, this was the best thing that happened to me. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy I got broke in that business. I'm so happy that business partners screwed me over. I'm so happy she mm-hmm. only dumped me. And like, this all makes sense later on, mm-hmm. but not when it happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's painful then. Those <laughs> <laughs> That's just basic things we spoke about today, a lot about working hard and, you know, sacrificing everything for a business and it's important but you know one of the base, basic things that I want to remind you as well is to be grateful and these are some things we always forget especially as an entrepreneur it's so easy to forget and I forget it all the time but then I remind myself again to be grateful of things that I have in my life today and those things are never about money those things are never about cars those things are never about anything else that might be a person next to you, it might be your dog, it might be this beautiful day we have, it might be that you're healthy, you're able to do what you do. Just remember, be grateful every day as well, because that's going to be very, very good fuel to your belly and fuel to your mission to be grateful the things you have today. Yeah. Um, what about your future 
plans and goals? Mm-hmm. Mm. That's actually very, very good question. And I'm in the first time, I think, in my life in a position that I don't have yet uh, goals for this year. And when I say this, I'm very happy about it. And this doesn't undermine everything what I said before that you need goals. But since last year, like or last three years, my life has been nothing but goals. It has been nothing but what's the next step for my mission and my reaching like the biggest possible impact. And now I'm in a position that I need to give myself real time and I need to give myself space. I need to give myself that silence that I said, like I'm going tomorrow, tomorrow morning, I'm leaving Lapland to get that silence again. And I need, now I need more silence than, you know, that information and uh, grinding that I've been done for years. And I, I think I'm going to do something different this year. I have no idea what it is, but I feeling, I've got a very strong feeling that something's going to come up as a part of inspiration that's going to probably be something different. Okay. I've got a very good feeling. And now when I said that, it's it's out there and the universe will will respond in a way, one way or another. And, you go uh, to Lapland and innovate. Innovate, yeah. yeah. And that's something as well, I guess I want to say to people as well, like time for yourself. You need to have time for yourself. You need to have silence, silent time as well. Mm-hmm. And it's so important. I'm, I'm now... After last year, like, I don't know how I survived last year. I have no idea, but I'm happy I did. <laughs> and now this beginning of the year has to be sort of other way around. So we'll see. We'll see this year. Hmm. But you have done like very good job. And you have inspired so many people and many people have transformed their lives because of you. So we appreciate that. And thank, thank you. you for your being our guest. Yeah. No, thank you. Mm. And we can't wait to hear what you are going to do in the future. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much. Mm. It was my pleasure. It was my pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Failing Point podcast, which airs on Business FM every Monday at 8 p.m. You can also read more about our guests and listen to earlier podcasts at failingpoint.com. And remember, Whatever you're trying to achieve out there, keep on grinding and never give up on your dreams.